The sparrow has found her a house and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. I speak to you in the name of the one who created us, the one who redeemed us, and of the one who is loving us still. Amen. Well, I mean, finally. Here we all are, gathered for Aaron's ordination to the diaconate. As rector of All Saints, the congregation that had the great good sense to sponsor Aaron for ordination, I could not be more thrilled to be standing with all of you tonight. Though I've been here nearly five years, I was not the rector when All Saints walked with Aaron through the discernment process. It was the good lay people of this parish who saw Aaron's call to ordained ministry. But as soon as I met Aaron, I sensed the rightness of that call. Still, though I have certainly had some official duties during this process, I've really walked with Aaron as a friend and as a fellow worker in the vineyard of the Lord. So Aaron, I am so honored that you asked me to preach tonight on the occasion of your ordination. But as soon as that invitation was extended, my mind started racing with all that could, all that should be said at your ordination. I was beset by the most devilish temptation that a preacher faces on a big occasion like this, the temptation to give advice, to tell you all that you are called to, all that the Lord will require of you, how hard and how important your calling is, and just how to serve God and God's people. After that, another temptation swooped in, the temptation to spend the whole sermon telling you and all those gathered here how wonderful you are, which you are, of course. Luckily, a song from my youth interrupted my prayers and musings and temptations. The song, This Is Not A Love Song, by the post-punk band Public Image Limited. Raise your hand if you even know who I'm talking about. Thanks be to God. Okay, a few people. Now this song came out in the early 80s, Aaron, before you were born. It was a response to the band's corporate recording label when an executive asked him to write a nice, marketable love song. John Lydon, also known as Johnny Rotten, spurned this request and all the assumptions behind it by writing, this is not a love song, which repeats that line about 40 times. Well, you see, I think we expect with an ordination sermon that we'll tell you how to be an ordained person, how to fit into the structure of the church. But this is not that. Aaron, this is not an ordination sermon. This is not an ordination sermon. For who am I to give you advice? You, who grew up in the church, daughter of a priest, now a bishop, you who have formed your whole life around service and ministry already. 
In an ordination sermon, I think I'm supposed to talk about servant leadership, the kind of leadership that all of us who follow Jesus Christ are to practice. The kind Jesus talks about at the Last Supper in the gospel we just heard. Jesus warns his disciples at table, who are busy arguing about who is the greatest among them. He warns them that if they wish to be great, we must be as humble as the youngest among us. We must be as one who serves, for that is the path that Jesus chose and chooses. And of course, that is what we are supposed to do. That is what you are called to do. But I think you know that. You have been a model of humility. You have gone through the long, arduous, at times joyful journey to today. A journey that began with Bishop Kate, interim rector Tanya, a whole different vestry here at All Saints. And that day you probably barely remember when there were no little boys. You've presented yourself to the Commission on Ministry, seminary faculty, for the GOEs, to a CPE supervisor, a psych evaluation, the standing committee, and I'm just scratching the surface. And like any ordinand, you have faced the inevitable setbacks and disappointments on that path, but you faced it all with equanimity and poise. You sought to learn how any stumbling block might be for your growth. You face difficulties in your personal life with the same humility as you and Isaac earnestly sought to expand your family. You faced real heartbreak and interminable waits. And yet you always prayed to our model of humility, the Blessed Mother, for wisdom and patience until your double blessing of Ian and Sam arrived, whoosh, in one year. You followed a path that's never led to great fame or great wealth, following God's call to work at the Neighborhood Christian Legal Clinic, to minister part-time at our new church, Good Samaritan, and now to be ordained as a deacon and to submit yourself to a new building the airplane as we fly it experiment with the Pathways to Vitality program. So I'm pretty sure that you don't need my advice about following Jesus' model and command to be humble, to be as one who serves. So this is not an ordination sermon. I mean, I guess I could look to Jeremiah, the classic text about vocation and call, as God assures Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. And God promises to be with Jeremiah as he acts as his prophet. But you see, that's, that's not the whole story. For Jeremiah's call meant calling Jerusalem to repentance. It meant being reviled for his words and his faithfulness. Everything that could go wrong for Jeremiah did go wrong. But Jeremiah stuck it out, preaching and praying, suffering, believing, even as others ridiculed him, even as he doubted himself. He was faithful and honest for a lifetime, and still Jerusalem was crushed and led into the Babylonian exile. So I could talk about being faithful, even when the culture around us has gone mad, when no one wants to listen, when you can see that it's still somehow all gonna go wrong, no matter what you do. But Aaron, you are wise beyond your years. 
partly because you have grown up with an inside view of the church. You know that faithfulness is not always rewarded by the world, sometimes not even by the church. Your own beautiful vocation as a writer has meant that you have shared gracefully and honestly struggles you have faced and acknowledging that things do not always turn out the way you'd hoped or planned. So I doubt you need me to tell you how to stay faithful in the hard times. After all, I'm telling you people, this is not an ordination sermon. Rather, this, this is a love letter. This is a love letter from you to God. It's a love letter from God to you. Today, you continue your love of God by continuing to offer yourself humbly, sacrificially, in service and faithfulness in times of success, in times of failure. You've been writing that letter your whole life, Aaron, and today you add another paragraph to that letter. Today you add these verses, be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, all else be not to me, save that thou art. Today you add the psalmist's prayer, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul has a desire and longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. Today you promise to continue to love God and God's people as servant in the church, making Christ and his redemptive love known by your word and example to those among whom you live and work and worship and you are to interpret to the church the needs, the concerns, the hopes of the world. You're going to have to pray and read scripture, look for the face of Christ in all others, to seek the glory of Christ rather than your own. What greater love could you offer God? More importantly, though, this is a love letter from God to you. For God is always with you with each one of us, through the joyful times, through the awful times. For each of us, there is a place in God's house. There is a place especially for you, Aaron, one that's not about how good or wonderful or smart or exceptional you are, but one that's about loving you for exactly who you are in your humanity, your littleness, your weakness, your vulnerability, for even the sparrow has found her a house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young by the side of God's altars. For Aaron, all I know, the only thing I know about serving God, whether as a lay or ordained person, is this. God is the giver of all grace and goodness and love, and it is only through that grace and love that we do anything at all. So instead of leaving you with the words of Johnny Rotten, which would be sort of disappointing, I want to leave you with the words of Denise Levertov's 
creation-centered, God-trusting poem, The Avowal. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky and water bears them, as hawks rest upon air and air sustains them, so would I learn to attain freefall and float into creator spirit's deep embrace, knowing no effort earns that all surrounding grace. So maybe this is an ordination sermon, not one that tells you how to do what God is calling you to do, nor warns you of all the challenge, but just this. All of us, you, all of us here, now and forever are loved deeply and graciously. And only by staying close to the heart of God, sparrows at his altar, can we, can you, Aaron, chosen deacon in the church, do the work that God is giving us to do. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.